Hey everybody, welcome back to Budget Worship. My name is Rob, this is Jameson. Uh, we're here to talk about something, uh, something that we kind of alluded to in a previous episode when we did the uh, contemporary worship episode. We said we were going to do one, uh, basically the same thing, but on traditional services. And these are really, really important services because so many churches have these exact type of services that we're about to, to go over. In fact, churches that have uh, contemporary service... I mean, there's not even half of those as there are the, the churches that do the traditional service. So this is most of what you're going to see inside of churches all over the country. And that, that of course, depends on what area you're in. Um, Jameson? Yeah, that's right. Well, traditional just means that. It means what, you know, what you've kind of always done. So some, some churches don't have, it, it isn't called anything, it's just called church. But it would be considered traditional by someone who knew the difference. And then most uh, churches, as they've grown and adapted the contemporary, they have uh, either included it into portions of a traditional service, which is called a blended service, which is a whole other thing we could do, uh, or they provide that service at a different time. Even sometimes if it's in the same venue, uh, they w- a church will have both, and then it's labeled traditional. That way, when you're coming in, you know, hey, are they going to sing out of the... Well, yes, little Julie... Are they going, is there going to be a choir? Yes, little Julie. It's just like it was when we went to Easter when you were 10 years old. Um, and, you know, and if they want the happy clappy, it's usually, you know, you can find that as well. Absolutely. And, and it's so important because the reason or the, the thing that makes it so important is that you really need to find where you're comfortable. Uh, You've got to find what really fits, you know, the, the, the style of worship that you have. Uh, some people are more happy, you know, reading out of a hymn book and, and whether or not they have a choir. You know, obviously the main difference is in most contemporary or in most traditional services, there's a choir. Now, not every church has one of those, uh, but it is, it is pretty much a standard thing for, for most of the churches here in America, at least. Yeah, well, um, if we're just talking about uh, two worship leaders or two uh, people who participate in worship, when you're going to a church that has, let's talk to it from that standpoint where you are working or serving at a different church than the church you grew up in. And this church is, quote, fingers traditional. Uh, here's what you should be prepared for. Um, learning how to read sheet music, you know, or getting someone to be your uh, helper in that area because the, you are going to have to pick songs that everyone wants to read out of a book or off a screen, but they want to sing it exactly like it's always sang. And, um, and it's typically accompanied by the piano, and then in most churches, a piano and an organ. And then in some churches, just an organ uh, would be considered the traditional style of worship. There are some churches even still that have no instrumentations in their traditional style of worship. It's vocal only. So, you know, we're not trying to cross any denomination lines, but what traditional means is the, the way that it, it always has been done, the traditional way that we have worshiped as a church at this address. And I think what's even more important than the differences is the similarities between the traditional and the contemporary, because the, the main point of all of it is we're worshiping God. No matter how we, how we do it in our church service, we're all worshiping God. We're singing to God. We're praising God, uh, be it with hymns that have been around for, you know, anywhere from a few hundred years to 
hymns that have been written within the last, I'd say, probably 30 years, or you're talking about a contemporary song, you're talking about something from, you know, one of the, the mega churches that has, you know, pretty much K-Love on lockdown, uh, it, it doesn't matter. We're singing and we're worshiping the same God. That's, that's the really important point. But we just wanted to do this episode just to show a little bit of what the differences are with the traditional services, talking about things like instrumentation. Yeah, let's talk, let's look at this musically. left side of this beautiful sanctuary that we are visiting in tonight and uh you can see they have a great grand piano there uh, and uh if you've ever heard one of those in a room uh you can appreciate what they sound like uh they also have a keyboard set up here with uh i would imagine uh if it's not here all the time it's here from a, a cantata where they would have strings or maybe horn parts being played on this i actually put strings over a piano sound for what we just played. Uh, Rob's got the bass guitar, which, uh, you know, is could definitely be an element in uh, traditional worship. It's not always. It, it wouldn't be, you know, like we said earlier, the main two is piano and organ, and sometimes just one of those. Um, but bass guitar, strings, uh, a small horn section, all those things can be added. Uh, you just... Maybe at the line being drawn, it may be electric guitars, uh, more than one acoustic guitar, and any sort of drum set. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that being said, there's lots and lots of churches that their traditional service contains all of those things, you know, and there's lots of uh, churches that have an entire orchestra. Uh, yeah, my current church uh, right now, the traditional, the service that's been played for at least the last 20 years was a drummer with an, with an acoustic drum set, a piano player, a bass player, and an acoustic guitar playing hymns that way. And it's, it's been that way for years and at least since I started going there. Um, now we're, now we're blending the worship, but that's to me was always the traditional. I mean, even growing up, uh, growing up, you know, out in the sticks, the little tiny church that I grew up in was, was, 60 people and I was related to 90% of them. Uh, but even, even there at those churches, my father was the bass player growing up. So, and it was just a choir, a piano and a bass player. And that was it. And that was the traditional service. That was, it wasn't even the traditional service. That was the only service. Right. Well, a big, <laughs> another big component of a traditional uh, service is really it's, it's planned service where there's going to be maybe a hymn book like this where page numbers, um, even in today's day where you have the screens, you still, you have the, on the screen, you still have the page numbers. Um, you would have uh, a portion of the service that would be a choir portion of the service. Uh, that might be a long portion or a short portion. Um, and then sometimes you would have a special music, uh, and that could be a soloist, it could be an instrumental, uh, or it could be an ensemble or a praise team. So you have all these different elements as far as music goes. But any, you know, evangelical service is going to be, uh, worship through music, worship through prayer, worship through scripture, and then worship through the word of God from, uh, an ordained pastor or your speaker. And then hopefully an opportunity for salvation, uh, 
before you leave. And that's kind of what all the music and every prayer and everything the, from turning the lights on and vacuuming beforehand is, is the goal of, is to gather and to worship and to hopefully uh, be an open door to your community in a place where uh, people can see what the fuss is about. And even when you consider the fact that most of the traditional services, they don't use the modern praise and worship music, but they, they still have plenty of opportunities for people to serve. And everybody, everybody in God's church should serve in one way or another. And choirs are a great example of, of an easy way to get people to serve. A lot of people, you know, that wouldn't normally stand out and sing because they're afraid of what their, what their voice sounds like. Uh, they'll, they'll sit with a choir and sing to Jesus and it's, it's just, you get enough people together and it's just, it's a beautiful sound. It's a joyful noise. And, and that's really what the goal is. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. And it is a way, and usually the, the you know, the larger the traditional church, as far as the size of the, the attendance, the larger the choir, because it gives you a, like you said, there's a lot of spaces that can be filled and a lot of people can serve. So, uh, we're going to take the opportunity since we're in this beautiful building and go over to the other side and look at some other features that they have here. doing here is Jameson is just playing this beautiful piano solo and this is a lot of something that, that you'll see a lot when people are, are doing either an altar call or mainly for an altar call or uh, an invitation is, as some churches will call it but it'll just usually be somebody just playing softly on a piano just beautiful um, something that really stirs the soul and that's a very very important thing uh, definitely something that you don't want to overlook uh, the importance of <laughs> But the piano um, is a, it has one sound, you know, a piano sound. So, uh, and although I couldn't think of a lot of instances where that wouldn't be something you'd want to hear, um, it does only the piano sound. So this is a digital piano and it's a really nice digital grand. And um, they make these in these cabinets where they don't even look like a digital piano anymore. And with a digital, I have a, uh, some strings on this one. So it mixes in different sounds, but these things will even set up a, a rhythm track for you. Feels, they're easy to transpose. Uh, if you had someone that w didn't want to play this and wanted to use a chord chart, uh, you can transpose the keys so that everything could be in an easy key for them. Uh, pads are probably the most used thing and strings, but it just gives you um, extra sounds. And then with a, with a well-staffed place um, and like a cantata or with choir music, they can actually play the, the horn parts or the string parts, the cello part on um, elect electric keyboard like this. Welcome back. No clue so what I'm doing. This is a church organ. And as you can tell, um, even if you could just play the piano, you're not going to be able to play this organ. Um, I do not know how to play this organ. We have not touched anything on this organ except for the volume pedals. Uh, and these are complex. I know a person personally who has a master's degree in organ. Uh, and these uh, traditionally, you know, there's lots of churches where all these notes, even the foot pedals would be connected to a pipe. And if you've ever been into a uh, tabernacle or a place where a pipe organ is being played, it's a powerful, powerful thing. 
I did actually go to a church that had that set yeah, up when really I was cool. a lot of theaters have, have the organs like this too. But an organ is a major part of choir music. It's a major part of earlier Wesleyan music. Um, and these different bars, this one has three draws and then it has the full foot pedal. So each of those could be split into two instruments. And that's what all these buttons and dials for. There's another set of buttons and dials down here. You can't see, or well, you can get in here. So you would do these buttons with your, with your feet to change the keyboard, the footboard, and same thing with your left foot. And then your right hand, you change these and this. And this is your output. So you can change the number of speakers or the amount of wind that was going through. So I do know how to play like a Hammond organ using like a Leslie. And it's a lot less of, it's a lot less of this. There's a little bit more of this. It's kind of like having an EQ as you play and then you have a external speaker and you can change the speed of the rotary in the speaker but it's all about just having a different sound these are more or less were used to uh, take the place of an orchestra or a string section or a horn section you can you know an effective organist can play all those parts we talked about on the electric piano just playing one of those parts um, you know an effective organist can play six parts and it's a really really uh Really cool to watch someone who knows what they're doing to do it. Uh, down here they have another uh, electric piano, uh, a Clavinova, and those are great stage pianos. Uh, a lot of churches, matter of fact, the, the church I'm serving at now uses, um, it's a, they're Rollins, but we use two of those, one for a piano and one for an organ. So I wasn't going to be in this episode, but <laughs> Jameson mentioned something that actually brought uh, a good piece of attention to me, and I wanted to mention it. These, for those who aren't familiar with, are chimes, but they're also in the same category as the pipes from the old organs. The organ you just saw uh, Rob attempting to learn to play <laughs> was a digital organ, but it did at one point connect through old connections to these uh, chimes as well as some pipes that used to be up here. Where we're standing is horrible lighting, but we're in what's called a tone room. So for those interested in what traditional worship services in traditional sanctuaries, which is not always a requirement, a tone room is a room that is attached to the room where you want instrumentation, amplifiers, things like that that you don't want in the room, but they still need to be accessible and heard uh, to be. So, Rob, if you'll hand me the camera, I'll flip it around real quick. It's so, also where the ghosts live. Yeah. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a tone cabinet for an old organ. This is actually for the existing organ. So you can see there's some analog connections. There's some amplifier connections, some wiring I'm going to talk loud because I don't have a body pack, but for those of y'all who are watching, this is a network closet and amplifiers and the things that you don't want to be seen in the room. You can see like a, uh, a monitor for a choir loft. These are all just components that can be used for any type of worship, but traditional worship usually has them hidden, whereas contemporary usually has them visible for the most part. This is what I wanted to show, and let's back out. There's not a lot of room in this room. So these are the tone cabinets for that organ that was being played. So you can see you have different cabinets and different amplification for different sounds that that organ can produce. Because let's be honest, one set of speakers can't reproduce all of that well. So you can see all this and you can mic it. But anyway, just wanted to show that real quick. Well, now that we're down from the catacombs... <laughs> uh, the last thing that we wanted to hit on really was the choir. And that's a, a really, really uh, important 
element of most traditional service. Now, like we said, there's really no right or wrong answer. There's really no set pattern for how it's done. Um, it's really just traditional is all about how it's always been done. And one of the most common things that's often done in most churches is a choir. And the important thing about the choir is, like we were talking about earlier, it gives somebody a chance to serve. It also gives somebody a chance to connect. Um, people that would normally not have the confidence to get up here in front of the church, they'd be more comfortable hiding in the back of the church where, where they're not seen. They'll often get involved with a choir and you can just watch it just break down that, that shell that they have around them. And, and when you get so many believers in this, such a close proximity and they're all singing to Jesus, it's an amazing thing. You just, you feel the presence of the Holy Spirit and it weighs on you. And it's, it's, it's such an important thing that can't be overlooked. Yeah, and choirs, there's lots of uh, different degrees of choirs. Uh, most churches that have a serious choir, it's serious. It's serious rehearsed music. You know, they, they, they do serious rehearsals. They learn their music. Um, they use binders that's changed out every week. It's a lot of work. A lot of work goes into it. And then you might have a choir that is just um, not as rehearsed, but maybe they're just a voice of better singers who are still going to sing the congregational music and just sing it louder. And then you have choirs, like I have currently, that's a walk-up choir. So it's just an opportunity to stand in a different place, you know, and sing the congregational, uh, the songs in a different place until it's time to be trained as a, uh, a learning and a working choir. But uh, choirs can be quite uh, up on the higher end of, like, the uh, musical theory and, uh, you know, almost every, all the choir singers will be sight-reading their music, um, uh, but a choir is a choir. So I've been to churches where the choir was about eight people and it was a worshipful experience. It's a part of worship. It's an element of worship, just like everything else that is being done. And it's also an opportunity to get children plugged in because most churches that have a choir, you know, that have, if they have a lot of small children, you know, they'll have a children's choir. And that's something that, that's an opportunity for the kids to learn and grow in Jesus and to learn and grow in, uh, in fellowship with one another. While worshiping, it's it's an absolutely fantastic opportunity to get them while they're young. Right. Well, I think that about wraps up what we wanted to talk about with traditional. Uh, we didn't talk much about the sound applications to a um, a sanctuary like that, but uh, we kind of in sound talked about it's the space. Uh, even though sanctuaries do have some unique. Uh, uh, things that we could maybe touch on at a later time. Oh yeah, you can definitely hear the reverb in this room just from just from talking and not even not even talking that loudly. But you can hear if if you're standing up here, you can hear our voices just bouncing across the uh, across the sanctuary. So you get enough people together singing with that kind of natural reverb. It's just a beautiful thing. Yeah, sounds great. Mm-hmm.